do my intention for the day. So mm-hmm. my intention for the day and that I come back to throughout the day. So if I find myself like whisked off in worrying about something or, you know, feeling all like, oh, I've got so much to do. I've got so much to do or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. I can just come back to the intention that I set in the morning and it just really in 30 seconds just, oh, no, because today <laughs> I'm having a day of, you know, of calm and um, and being f- and focus. And I know I have enough time in the day to do all that I need to do today. Welcome to season four of the Tapping Into podcast. This is a podcast where we explore different spiritual, natural and alternative ways to heal our lives. My goal is to help support you in your journey, whatever stage that may be. In this season, we're digging a bit deeper into the emotions and traumas that often kickstart or accelerate our healing journey. We discuss shame, sex, death, burnout, Ayurveda, breathwork, flower essences, rituals, and embodiment, all with a bit of science to back it up at the end. I really hope you enjoy this season. Hello, lovely. How are you? Welcome back to the Tapping Into podcast. How are you finding season four so far? The feedback has been incredible and the episode of Tapping Into Marriage with Kat Sims reached number two in the UK chart for religion and spirituality. Last week's episode was with Rebecca Campbell and I hope you enjoyed that one too as this episode with my lovely friend Emily Quinton follows on so perfectly from that chat. You may even want to go back and listen to that one if you haven't. Emily Quinton is an author, speaker and creative who is happiest when surrounded by nature, especially flowers. She lives in Somerset with her husband Steph, their four highly sensitive neurodivergent children and their dog Yuki. Emily is currently writing her second book, preparing her new series of workshops, developing a membership community of parents of highly sensitive children, studying psychology and listening to the flowers in her garden and on her daily walks. She fits a lot in. She is passionate about using rituals, meditation and creativity to ground herself, to enable her to be the mother her children need and to live her best life at the same time. This episode is all about ritual and how Emily weaves the sacred effortlessly into her day, into the family routine and with the seasons too. You can follow her on Instagram at all sorts of lovely and also at Emily Quinton and read more about her at allsortsoflovely.com. We hope you enjoy this chat and that it inspires you to put a bit of ritual into your day. Enjoy. Welcome Emily to the Tapping Into podcast. Thank you Sarah, it's lovely to be here. Oh it is a dream come true because we are close friends and I am so excited to share the magic you create with the world. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. Yes and I absolutely love your podcast so I'm really honoured that I'm gonna get my own episode. Yay, I know and this came about because obviously you know we've been close friends for a while and I asked you to come into the membership to talk about rituals and the 
vibe I felt after our chat. Like I seriously felt on cloud nine and I just was like the whole time in my head was thinking, we've got to get on the podcast. We've got to share this with the world. Like we can't hide you in away in my membership. <laughs> you have big plans, um, I know, but let's start with who you are and and where you are and what your family's like and and a bit more about you. Yeah, so um, I'm Emily and I have four children um, and a dog um, who will hopefully stay quiet. He's just (laughs) under my feet. (laughs) Um, And I have a husband called Steph and we live in Froome in Somerset um, where we've lived for a year. So we're kind of still new here but feel like we've definitely come home so I don't feel as new as I possibly am um before that we were in London um and three of my children and my husband um have a diagnosis of autism um and three of those four also have ADHD so um and my other child who isn't diagnosed is um super sensory (laughs) so he has a lot of sensory needs so although he doesn't have a diagnosis he's very much kind of in the mix of what I am supporting Mm -hmm. so I yeah I have a lot (laughs) um to hold yes before you know from and you know your life you you've traveled around the world as a wedding photographer you've you've studied in various different things you've written a book you know you've you have had a huge career you've had memberships and you know life has changed a lot for you in recent years yeah I've done a lot um and I'm going to do a lot again (laughs) um starting in the autumn which is really exciting but I took so three years ago we got the diagnoses uh of three of them and then another one in 2020 2021 um so I had an I had an instinct I had a feeling before all that happened that I really needed to um cut down on how much work I was doing because I really felt that the family needed me more and I wasn't quite sure why but I just knew that they did yeah um so I, yeah, I, I pulled back on my work and just really focused on being a mum, but not just on being a mum, <laughs> on myself <laughs> as yes. well. So um, I've done a huge, huge amount of, um, yeah, of work on me, um, which has had a huge benefit to my family. It's amazing. Like you're, you know from what I know of you is you're so intuitive um and so spiritual and that in intuition and spiritual connection is just strengthening by the day isn't it like it's really coming into its own and it's leading you down a path tell me a little bit more about kind of where you're where you're going so I'll kind of go back a little bit because then it will make sense about where I'm going. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, my intuition has always been very strong. I think when I was young, I didn't obviously understand it, although I did understand it, but I couldn't quite, 
Well, I could believe it. I'm not quite sure. I, I just, I wasn't sure if anyone else had any experiences like I had. And so I kind of kept a lot of it to myself, but just trying, I, I went on my intuition a lot, a lot from being really young, especially during my teens into my twenties. I mean, I, you know, I chose where I went to university based on where I intuitively knew I was going to kiss the man I would marry, uh, which is quite bizarre. And although I got it completely wrong about, I didn't need to go to university where I did, but that is exactly what happened. So, you know, I, I <laughs> had a lot of, of, of that and I still mm-hmm. do have, you know, the whole reason we're in Froome is because I just knew. So when people ask me, I was like, I just knew I was supposed to be here. <laughs> so I have to kind of pad that out depending on who I'm talking to. <laughs> um, but yeah, my intuition has always been super strong. And when I was, I I think I was probably a teenager. Um, I was obsessed with a film called Green Card, where I don't know if you've seen it. It might be too young to have ever seen it, but it's a whole story about the the film. But I was obsessed with the greenhouse um, and the gardening part of the film, which is really well. It is part of the film. It's why she wanted the woman in the film wanted her green card. Um, and I just watched it over and over and over again because I was just one day I want this greenhouse, I want this roof garden, I want this greenhouse, and I was so drawn to the plants. And all through my life, plants have just drawn me back. My PhD was on plants. Um, I spent loads of time in Kew Gardens. I went to Thailand for my research. Um, my photography before I became a wedding photographer was all about plants. Plants, 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 plants. Mm. And I was not really sure. I, I I wasn't quite sure what I was supposed to be doing with the plants. But I knew that the plants were really important. And I knew I wasn't going to be a florist. I think these are the sort of things I kind of thought, am I supposed to be a florist? No. Am I supposed to work at Key Gardens? I was offered to apply for a job that I probably would have got when I was about seven weeks pregnant with my first child. And just couldn't even think about that. And I was like, oh, I thought I was supposed to work at Kew Gardens. No. And all these sort of things happened along my way. And now <laughs> I feel that uh, I finally know what I'm supposed to do with plants. <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, basically using it as um, ritual and um, a healing modality that I'm going to explore in a lot more detail over the probably rest of my life um but I finally feel like the plants have have brought me to where I'm supposed to be but all along I've known oh yeah oh yeah plants I'm supposed to be with plants and you know I'm known for flowers and I'm known uh, yeah for loving nature being in nature all I've ever wanted is a garden and I spend so much time in my garden from the minute I get up um to last thing before I go to bed um yeah amazing I'm so excited to see that develop actually you know um and your desire to support families that are in equal or you know different situation to you how does that fit in yeah so um really really want to support especially the mothers I think it I always have had a big connection with motherhood, with being a mum, I always knew I would be a mum from being very young. I've had that real connection. And I find 
I have a lot, I've always felt I have a lot to give other mothers. Um, so although I would help fathers if they, if they came to me, um, it will be it will be for mothers. And I really do want to help mothers of neurodivergent children, yeah. particularly. But I think probably why doesn't that, uh, you know, sensitive children um, of anyone really who feels called to come and work with me? I, I don't want to close it off, but I think my speciality would be what I know um, because that's what I'm living. Um, yeah. So it's obviously raining in Froome today, Emily. Yes, I know. We've had such amazing weather all week and now the rain. I'm pleased for my plants, but not pleased on the timing. I know, <laughs> yes. So if anyone can hear any background noise, it's not Yuki scratching the floor as I thought. It is the rain. <laughs> the rain. <laughs> but we will push yeah. through and thank you. So you are going to create a modality of support for mums hopefully, you know, really supporting um, mums that are holding the neurodiverse energy in their family um, through rituals. So let's dive into your daily routine, your daily rituals. So A, let's start with why. Why is it important for you to have a ritual? So my uh, children and my husband um have very uh unpredictable big energy <laughs> so I'm never quite sure what's going to come downstairs in the morning what's going to come home from school and obviously that's the, that's true for all children all people except that they're kind of extreme their their highs and lows are much bigger and and more like <laughs> um than other than neurotypical people yeah um and they usually can't hold it in either especially at home in the home and I wouldn't want them to yeah but that means for me um I have to be the most grounded I can possibly be um and ritual really really helps me to do that it helps me to start my day to really raise my vibration to the highest. Um, it helps me to keep it as high as I can during the day. Yeah. And it helps me to be able to wind down to sleep. Um, it helps me to have um, space for myself, even in um, a very full day for everyone else um and it helps take away any um you know I've had to kind of work through I don't want to be a martyr in all of this I don't want to put what I want to do completely to one side and just give 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 and ritual just helps me yeah to really ground and to really cherish myself um on a on a, a daily basis so not just you know if I went and had some therapy or I went and had a chat with a friend or I went and had a massage or you know or, or a walk in nature but every day like every day and throughout every day um and it's non-negotiable and yeah yeah it <laughs> you know, you, you are, it's the ultimate form of self-care and self-love, isn't it? You know, you are nourishing yourself 
when those around you can't particularly nourish you. And in a way, you know, rightly so, they're not there to nourish you. They're there living their own experience and doing their own thing and you're supporting them. And in order for you to do that, you have to really boost yourself, your energy, your your grounded, connected, um, yeah, vibes. Yeah. Amazing. What I was surprised with um, when we had that rituals chat in the membership was the level of intention and self-awareness that you put into your day. Like, I, it blew me away. You know, I know you, but I don't know your, like, routines. I, I know you from a distance. <laughs> I know you through Zoom and WhatsApp. But to actually understand the rhythm of your day was mind-blowing. <laughs> like, even some people in the membership have commented, like, it's incredible and such a an amazing model, you know, to show people like that is possible that level of intention that level of self-care that level of love is so possible and it's a choice you've been choosing to do this daily multiple times a day for how long now how many years I was thinking about this this morning because because we're going to have this conversation and I don't know I I built it up over a number of Mm. years um definitely for the whole year we've been in Froome definitely for the whole year before we came definitely before that because I can remember the house I was in doing it so (laughs) I would say like yeah all through Covid so yeah like three years like I do now and it's always a develop like I'm always developing and um growing with what I need Uh, but I'd say three years maybe four um and before that I definitely had some of it in my life um but just not as like uh not as fit not as set in stone yeah as I have now yeah but I definitely recognize because I can remember talking when I was teaching photography doing my workshops I can remember talking to people about how my daily practice of taking photographs was meditation and my whole process, I was taking some photographs the other day. My whole, whole process of taking my photographs is very like a ritual, <laughs> like a ritual in itself. So I, I had elements of this before. Yeah. And then I was just reading things and listening to podcasts and kind of picking up bits from all over the place that I needed. Um, and just bringing that into my practice. Um, Amazing. So everyone wants to know now what is the the daily routine so let's (laughs) well let's focus on you rather than like because I know we can come to it later the household um seasonal connection and everything so focusing on you and uh uh, and let's walk through it okay so starting at the beginning okay so we'll start with the morning obviously start of the day so I do get up very early um so I don't want to scare people thinking that they can't do this if they don't get up early. If you would listen to this and you're inspired, um, do not feel you have to get up at the time that I get up. Just get up a little bit early. 
and do 10 minutes of it. And then if that becomes, if you feel um, benefit from that, you can add to it as you want to push that time earlier. Yeah, perfect. Um, what you need. So I get up at half past five, um, sometimes earlier at this time of year because it's it's light. Um, but half past five as a, as a constant throughout the year. So I guess about half past five and I come downstairs, tiptoe, tiptoe, don't want to wake anyone up. Um, and that is the precious, precious thing because no one gets up at half past five in my house. Um, so it really is my time, really is the time for me and the dog, but <laughs> he mm-hmm. normally goes back to bed. So I come down at half past five and I go straight and put the kettle on for my um, lemon, hot lemon. And then while the kettle's boiling, I go and light some candles and I light a candle in the hallway, um, which is uh, scented. And that um, when means that later when everyone else gets up, the house smells of the morning, um, which I think they do. I, I know they do pick up on that, <laughs> even though it might be quite subtle. Yeah. So I light that candle and that candle is lit. Um, and I have um, a wooden perpetual calendar, you know, one of those ones where you just turn the blocks. So I turn it for the new day, welcome the day. And then I hold the candle above the, can- above the calendar is a mirror. And I can see myself in the mirror and I hold the candle and I put my hand on my heart with one hand and hold the candle with the other. It's like in a glass jar usually, or if it's on a plate, you know, hold the candle. And because it's just lit, it's not hot. <laughs> so um, <laughs> no danger. Good. good. Um, and the very first thing I do is put my hand on my heart and I say, I love you. And I really look into the mirror. So it's not just kind of thinking like, oh, oh I love you, but it's like, I am looking at myself. So there's no kind of shying away from it. I have to make eye contact with me. Um, I have to mean it. Um, So I say I love you. And I probably say that three times. And I'm just taking breaths and feeling on my heart. And I always get such a lovely response from my heart. I just feel the heat. So happy. Um, so that's just such a lovely way to start the day. And because I've been doing this for so long, I really feel it. Like, it's not like I have to say this because I'm supposed to say this. <laughs> or that you're trying. You like, I'm you've, trying you've... my best. It's just like a full, oh, like someone I love has said it to me, you know, because that is what it is. Um so that's how I start my day, just so precious. And then I will say um, a series of, of affirmations, depending on what I need, depending on what I'm working on or just ne- needing to hear. And so I'll say those. And sometimes if it's something that I've got to work on, I have to say it to like believe it. Mm. Because I want to have that same feeling that I've developed with I love you with everything else amazing so I work on that now if something feels stuck I just know that tomorrow I have to use that again and we'll work you know work through it I don't kind of beat myself up in the mirror going oh for goodness sake you know it's it's all with love it's all with love but yeah and I suppose it's a good opportunity to notice some resistance Mm -hmm. to those phrases 
Yeah. Um, which will give you an indication of something to work through. And, exactly. you know, for people that are for people that are listening and thinking, oh, my God, I, I couldn't say I love you to myself in the mirror. Um, did you start from that place? Yeah. And, and move course. to this? Okay, of yeah. course. Of course. Um, I mean, I have been working on that for a, for longer than those few years. But so it does take time. But I read this book and I'm sure I, I will find it as I'm still unpacking books um, <laughs> as we build more bookshelves. Um, I think it's something like love yourself like your life depends on it or something like that. And it's a really small book and it's really just about this practice. And this man brought himself back from the depths of depression um, by using this technique of like wow. you know saying itself. And I was when I read that, I was not in the depths of depression. I was just intrigued and I knew I needed to work on it. And I kind of thought, well, if he can do it, then I can. Um, and now I, re- now I really do. And, and, and also when my children ask me or, you know, I've really worked on this with, with my youngest. And now she will say, she is able to, to say, you know, I love, I love me. And we've been able to talk about that oh. is not a bad thing or it doesn't make you, you know, conceited or uh, think you're the best. It's not about, it's not about that. Yeah. It's about loving yourself. And if you, you can't, and the thing is I can't look after all these people um, and I can't do the work I want to do in the world if I don't love myself. I 100%. can't do it. I, yeah. I see people who, you know, are great at what they do in, you know, I don't know, like being a yoga teacher or whatever it might be, you know, meditation teacher or things like that. And I've over the years met people and I thought, oh, oh, <laughs> you're bringing so much pain to this offering. Mm. You need to kind of go away and work on you and then come back with that just. Yeah. And things would flow, flow better for them. Yeah. Yeah. For them and then for everyone they want to serve. So I knew for me, it was very, very important. And it was very important for, you know, not wanting to to be that martyr role or to be like, oh, where is me? (laughs) Um, It just really helps me with all of that. Yeah. My, um, My youngest, he's four. And I try to say, to tell him, to love himself or you know the concept of loving himself he bursts out loud laughing and thinks it's the funniest thing ever that you would love yourself like he he, he has disbelief you know like he doesn't believe me that you should love yourself he's like no 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 you love other people and so I obviously have some work to do there. <laughs> but isn't it interesting that yeah. he's He's grasped loving other people, but the concept of loving himself is alien. Yeah. And I think it's also tied up in not wanting to be selfish and, you know, all that, you know, you share with others and all that stuff that we're taught when we're very young, which obviously is really important. Um, But it's very, very important. And I think schools have a very, very long way to go in, you know, if, if children could finish school being able to look in the mirror and say I love you and you know feeling grounded and and happy then they could go and do whatever they want in the world um we're just so obsessed with you know their learning about facts (laughs) Um, not learning about themselves 
yeah, no, gosh, I mean, the world would be a very different place. But let's hold that as a really nice vision for the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We can come back to that, Emily. Um, <laughs> we can make some plans. Uh, okay, so you've got this beautiful mirror ritual. You, folk, you say some I am affirmations based on how you're feeling in the moment. And then what do you do? So then I've added a little extra thing from when we last spoke. (laughs) I then go into uh, the living room, which is where all my children go and have their breakfast. And they don't, I, I, terrible mother. (laughs) No, I'm not a terrible mother, but they don't sit around the table having breakfast. They kind of all, they're in their little zones and they like to get cozy in the living room with blankets and, and in that space. So I go in there and I light some incense and just clear the space ready for the day for them and kind of put some love in there for them and leave that burning so that when they come down that's all they've got two smells coming down the stairs the one yeah so it's very zen space so I've given a little kind of moment for the family and sort of to the house as well I feel like that connection with the home so I've added that then I go to the kitchen the kettle is boiled (laughs) cut up my lemon pour in pour the water over um so one thing to mention as well so the candle is scented obviously the incense is scented the lemon is scented so all these smells really help me my body and my mind to know oh it's the morning (laughs) and I mean obviously it's morning but it it just really grounds me in that so it's like a multi-sensory experience my ritual Mm -hmm. And I suppose you're you're training your body and this kind of memory recall for the scent and the smells. And you're also bringing in your plants there, right? Because they're creating the scent. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the lemons from the lemon tree. Not my lemon tree, but a lemon tree. <laughs> um, so, and I have some water, um, other water, lots of water, <laughs> Just have lots of water so have some water lemon tea is then it's then the lemon tea is kind of cooling I have a big mug so it needs a while to cool down for me to be able to drink it so while that is happening then I do some yoga practice and at the beginning of my yoga practice I um say to my body um out loud in a whisper because I don't want to wake anyone up but I say it out loud I say um body I give you permission to let go of anything from yesterday or before then that no longer serves you. Um, and then as, and as long as I feel that that is done, then I say, um, body, I give you permission to ground fully into the earth. And then I begin my practice. Um, and I just, I do whatever I've done yoga for. I'm not anywhere near as flexible or as practice as I used to be I do do a weekly class again now which is lovely but my I've done it for a very long time my mum did yoga when I was a child so I've done it from a child really which I'm very grateful for so I feel so at home practicing yoga even if sometimes I'm frustrated because I'm like oh I haven't practiced that pose for so long I'm very stiff there but the whole flow you know sun salutations so I just do a flow of whatever I kind of feel my body needs um, and I sort of talk to my body as I'm doing that, you know, thanking my body and really just feeling fully, fully into, into my body. And that's something I've really worked on this year 
I really reflected on that at the solstice earlier this week, that, um, wow, <laughs> the past six months, I've really felt fully at home in my body. And definitely that morning part of just fully being inside me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I do that. And I have a, uh, oh, I forgot to say. <laughs> so before I start all of this, I put my headphones on and I start my morning playlist. So I have morning tracks. I know exactly what's going to be played. It's always the same order. I do change things a little bit after, but this part is a 20 minute track, I think. So at this point, I'm still in that first track of the day. So music is playing and I'm feeling great. And I'm, yeah, and, and all this time I can just feel that my vibration is rising and I can just feel, and I'm just so in love with life. And um, yeah, and I do this in my kitchen. It's very, uh, so don't feel like, you know, I don't have a plate. I do this without a yoga mat because if I left a yoga mat in the kitchen, the dog might eat it. So I just do it on the floor. I do, you know, it's, yeah, it's very basic but I can see out the window. I can see the trees. I can see the birds. And that's just really lovely. So that's kind of grounding me in there. And then I take my tea, my hot lemon tea cup, (laughs) take that outside into the garden, whatever the weather, with no shoes on, and spend some time out there. Now, in the winter, (laughs) this is a bit ouchy, but... Even in the winter, I want my feet on the grass, on mm-hmm. the soil. So this time of year, I have to remind myself to get back inside, <laughs> finish everything I need to do because, oh, it's just the, <laughs> the grass is all soft and dewy and just so scrumptious. And I talk to my plants and check, um, pick up some slugs, <laughs> take them to a different place. Um and I just, yeah, just fully ground myself in, in fully into the earth, into the day and no shoes on for the benefits of, of all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you connect to the uh, sun? Oh, yes. So mm-hmm. <laughs> the sun is rising. So, yeah, give thanks to the sun. And I have also done that in my sun salutation mm-hmm. my yoga and then out and then, yeah, giving thanks to the sun and saying hello to the sun and yeah just being really happy in my garden and the smells and seeing the birds and all of that total magic in my garden Mm -hmm. and then I come in from that so sometimes I have to I don't set a timer but so I like to go out with out there and turn my music off for a bit to just be fully in there but sometimes if I know that I'm going to get lost I put a track on so I know that I'm just five minutes and then get back bring in you back in yeah bring back in but if it's the weekend and I have a bit longer then I'll I'll be out there for longer and then I come in and I've had my tea outside and and then I do my car I um nearly always I can't think of a day for so long now where I haven't um done my oracle cards so I have a large selection like you Sarah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, ever ever growing yeah I've seen some of your new ones look amazing Mm. yeah so love my cards and they are all just in the kitchen so it's all very easy um and I use a pendulum which I've started using relatively recently this year and I just say you know 
connect myself with my pendulum and then I ask you know do I need some cards today and I always feel my that it laughs <laughs> I always feel a kind of giggle through because she's like oh well yes of course you want them um, yeah yeah and then um yeah then I just ask for guidance about which boxes I should I should use because I feel sometimes there's messages for me that maybe I am resisting um or yeah either resisting or really really need because they are going to give me the confidence that I need so either something I need to work on so the pendulum just really helps me to pull down the boxes that maybe I I know (laughs) intuitively are going to have more of a challenge in um yeah so I find that really interesting and then I yes then I pull those and take a moment to to look at those and to reflect on that and then I journal depending on how much time the rest is taken will depend on if that's five minutes 15 you know 10 15 something like that and I start with gratitude so three things I'm grateful for from from the day before and then I write down the cards that I've pulled because I find that really interesting because yeah I just find it really interesting to to look back on um and sometimes I might be in a bit of a rush and I want to come back to think more mm. about that message later on. Yeah. And I do have a little uh, stand, so I, I put them on, the cards on there, so I do see them all day, but yeah, I do like to write them down. So I do that, and then I journal. The cards usually help me journal. Um, my music's back on by this point. Um, and then if I need, sometimes, and I've done all that, I need a bit of a, a kind of dance to... Yeah, I'm very into having a bit of <laughs> a bit of a dance to to kind of feel again, just feel into my body, um, and then my day begins. My well, my day has begun, but my day with the family begins. And then I have to go and jump in the shower, <laughs> and then quick, yeah, then I'm getting everyone ready for school. So that's really my trying to think if I've missed anything out of that. I don't think I have. Yeah, that's my. So that's like really the the crook the foundation of your ritual isn't it for the day where it's you know that from that point on you are giving a lot to everyone else yeah oh I forgot I forgot something that that is very important actually because if somebody was listening to this and was like oh if only I had time to do all of that Mm -hmm. (laughs) um if you don't have time to do all of that I I one thing I do which I forgot is when I've starting my yoga and I've done all the releasing grounding I do my intention for the day so mm-hmm. my intention for the day and that I come back to throughout the day so if I find myself like whisked off in worrying about something or you know feeling all like oh I've got so much to do I've got so much to do or whatever it might be mm-hmm. I can just come back to the intention that I set in the morning and it just really in 30 seconds just oh no because today <laughs> I'm having a day of you know of calm and um and being and focus and I know I have enough time in the day to do all that I need to do today and anything I don't do today can be done tomorrow so I that mm. kind of intention setting is so useful and it just means that you have that intention 
reset every day. It's not like you start the month and you set an intention and then you've kind of forgotten about it because yes, life happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like a reset every day. And it can be the same intent. If you need to do the same intention every day for a whole month or a whole week, that's fine. But just remembering. And that I think that intentional living means that you live your best life. I'm an EFT tapping practitioner and trainer. And I work with women all over the world, helping them truly let go so they can shape their own future free of the conditioning and shackles of the past. I've created a Tapping Into Motherhood membership and community where we meet monthly to tap on emotions and issues that are coming up for us. We have monthly full moon meditations with guest host Kelly Day. We enjoy guest speakers and I create a tapping or meditation for the month too. As well as that, you have access to a library of over 100 tapping videos, meditations, resources, courses and more. And right now, the doors are open for just a short period of time. So check out www.tappingformums.com forward slash join dash membership for all the details. And if the doors are closed when you visit, you can join a waitlist. On my website, you can also take my new motherhood self-care toolkit quiz to help you identify which part of your life needs a bit of extra self-care right now. Is it your mind, your emotions, your body or your soul? And if you have any questions, do email me sarah at tappingformums.com. Yeah, because I suppose it's it's empowering and you have choice in the moment and you're choosing to come back into a choice you made earlier, a choice of, you know, going with the flow today or staying calm today. And there will be times when that is tested, right? When the, the children just, you know, are fighting and you may have to intervene and sometimes you can react, you know, in a way that you're not fully proud of afterwards. Um, but I suppose it's, it's, it's then turning that around and bringing yourself back to base as quickly as possible. So I love, I am personally trying to have a zero guilt policy. So when I do make a wrong decision or say something I shouldn't or neglect something that I shouldn't, I try to immediately address it. Like rather than harboring and, festering with this energy I I see it I call it out I, I just I learn from it like have I made oh no what what choice should I have made instead or what should I not do in the future etc and then I tap and release that guilt so I can yeah. get myself back to zero without carrying that vibration through the day so important yeah mm. guilt oh no, no guilt and shame are the heaviest <laughs> vibration um, of energies yeah. that there is yeah. I was really surprised like I thought that fear um w- and, and grief would be higher but actually guilt and shame weigh the most yeah. on a frequency uh, level density level um yeah. and and therefore you know we really really should set an attention to live our lives without those energies building up yeah. in us or even going back to release the bigger um aspects that cause that that emotion in the very first place yeah absolutely and only you can make yourself feel guilty (laughs) only you choose that right 
you're someone can say things to you but only you can do that to yourself so you need to not do that to yourself yeah 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 no time for guilt in my day in my no, day. exactly <laughs> oh god it's just it's just going to derail you isn't it it just adds a block in the road we don't need the roadblocks thanks yeah. <laughs> so emily it is extremely obvious that the morning ritual is like the absolute anchor of your day and it sets you up for whatever you need and creates resilience and in, in, in what in what comes at you in the day and um, what I know that you do a lot of other things. So, what else do you do to support yourself and your family, either in this in the same day, in a month, in a year? Yes. Yeah, so, as you said, my morning ritual is my anchor. It is at the heart of my ritual practice. Um, and then I have other things that I do during the day, um, from various things, you know, to making sure that I have time before I go and get my children that it, from school. That is very you know, centering, um, things that I do at bedtime, little practices I have with the children throughout the day. Um, and they kind of change with what I need, how much I need, <laughs> you know, depending on how busy life is, how much time I have. Um, but then I'm also very aware of the seasons. And I love to bring my children into that. I mean, as they're getting a bit older now, they're not quite as <laughs> as into it as they were when they were young but I think that um it's definitely helped to bring ritual tradition like family tradition family ritual into our rhythm of the of the year and I know for sure that even though my older children don't get so involved with them now they'll be part of their core memories of childhood that hopefully they will take forward to their own families in the future and I'm sure they will talk about you know with fondness um, when they're older and we're talking about how family life was and so I will celebrate the different seasons um, with bringing in nature I love to bring nature into the home with special you know table scenes and settings for different seasons bowls of flowers floating um, you know, twigs in autumn, nature tables, all that kind of thing. Um, and so that brings a kind of real rhythm, seasonal rhythm to the home. So it's not just about me, but I'm including the family, which I really love. Um, and I think, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that it's having a kind of deep effect on the children. And actually, we used to live in London and now we live in Somerset. And here, seasonal ritual is much bigger, um, much more present, in, especially in our school. Um, and so one of the things that the children said to me when we moved here was, we've been here a few months, and they were like, oh, it's so wonderful that as a school and as a community, we are celebrating nature um, and we have these rhythms, seasonal rhythms, like we have at home, but we have at school and in the community, you know, like we had an advent circle at Christmas and things like that, that we didn't have in London. So I feel that it's really lovely in the community that we're in as well, that that, that is part of it as well. Which yeah, is- that's, I feel like that's really unique because I was actually talking to Rebecca Campbell yesterday 
Um, and she was saying that culturally, some cultures have the sacred woven into the everyday, but our culture seems to have disconnected from nature and from the sacred or the divine. And therefore, it's kind of, and, and tradition has been lost, like ritual, family tradition has been lost. So what you're doing actually is very consciously bringing the sacred, bringing the connection to nature into the family life. In, and, and now you're in a place where that is woven into every fabric of society and community. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. I mean, we just had um, the Midsummer Festival at school where all the children were part of, you know, creating a huge mandala. Um, you know, that's at school. So I feel very privileged and lucky and blessed to be here. And also because you have been doing that with them, there's a sense of familiarity. There's a sense of calm and an expectation because I know that you do these things for that to kind of alleviate anxiety and so that they do know where they are in the year, you know, in a subconscious level. So what are the benefits of of that with the with the kids? Yeah, so I feel it really grounds them. Um, it really helps that um, that routine, but in a really creative and beautiful way um, so that we can be in rhythm and routine with, you know, what's happening outside in nature. Um, that can be a different way to it just being kind of to-do lists for the day on the fridge <laughs> or, or um, you know, apps that tell us what to do next. Um, the kind of real... I feel it just really grounds us into into the earth and into nature um and you know our children's generation are going to have to work very hard to well and us but you know I think the the expectation on their generation to save the planet is is big it's huge um and I think the more connected we can get our children to nature and to the rhythms and to what to be expecting you know oh why why is the weather why is it warmer why or why are these things not growing or why are these things in abundance now or you know whatever it might be to kind of really be noticing what's happening with nature um as well as it being a really grounding way um and also a way of really looking to nature to to help you to be calm (laughs) um and to to then start to think oh yeah I felt really calm when we did you know when we brought the flowers in from the garden and we put them in the water and we had them on the table that Mm. felt really beautiful all the smells that we brought in from the garden are really lovely and that makes me feel good so when I'm stressed what can I look for um and if you're growing up with that I think as an adult you know my children well we all we all need that it's not just um you know autistic or highly sensitive children that are going to need that as adults it's all of us um and I think if you're thinking oh yeah when mummy lights that candle that smells of roses that makes me feel really calm so when I'm stressed maybe I should ask if we can light that candle um and I just think yeah it it just helps to not only ground them but also to help them look for ways different ways to support themselves when they're feeling stressed yeah that's amazing (laughs) I, I don't think um society is set up or structured to to support that really is it you know like it's just 
not part of the everyday. It has to be a very conscious decision to connect in with nature, to teach your children about the cycles and and their energy in relation to the cycles. Like, I mean, I'm a grown adult and I'm barely managing to connect my cycle with into the energy of my cycle, you know, like... I'm here 40 odd years and it's still a mystery to me. Um, so giving your children that gift, um, that inner connection, the, the nature connection, the calm connection, the tools. I know that you have a vision to support people now in this way. So tell me about what's coming to you. What's next for you? So, yeah, I think over the last few years of really developing my practice of ritual seasons creativity I've realized just how important that is for me as a mother um, and how that has helped me so much to not just be stressed out all the time (laughs) um, and to really yeah feel good feel you know that I've been able to grow as a person and then be able to support my family Um, And so I want to bring that into my work um, and for my work to be led um, by ritual and creativity. And I think we talked at the beginning about my connection to the plants and the flowers. And I feel like through my rituals, I've reconnected um, back to something that was very deep. So, yes, I feel that I've through the rituals and through the creativity that I've been doing personally it's brought me full circle back to the plants and the flowers that have always been part of my um my love my joy previously my work um and so I am in deep um communication and spending a lot of time with the flowers and so the flowers and the plants will be at the core of my work um and at the core of my rituals, the core of the creativity. And yeah, hopefully going to lead me <laughs> um, to support mothers. Um, I feel it's a real call to support mothers. I mean, fathers would be welcome, but I, I think it's mothers that I am here to, to help. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm going. And I have a book that I'm writing um, around this and workshops starting in September. Um, and lots more kind of ideas from that so that's where I'm going with this amazing and are you focusing this support on parents and mums that have highly sensitive and uh, sensory uh, children yes definitely um because that's I guess that's where I'm coming from um and I know the level of um support I guess that those mothers need to not just have from somebody like me but to create for themselves I feel like it's another kind of another step up um from I know all mothers need support but I think when you're Mm. managing these energies um and these beings (laughs) that are more unpredictable (laughs) than any other children that I've you know come across and I think that you need to have like an extra (laughs) extra um support um system for yourself really that you can build 
through having this practice of rituals, having this practice of creativity that you can do with your children to help and support them, but is also for, for you. Um, so I think that, yeah, I will be, obviously I will welcome other other mothers but that will be the speciality yeah focus I was just thinking there about a lot of women that are now getting ADHD diagnosis in their late 30s 40s even beyond and how unsupported they may have felt um through their childhood and teens and even early adulthood and never even knowing that they needed support or help and I think then moving into motherhood in that way, the vulnerability, the sensitivities can be absolutely even more heightened. Um, and so having something like this, access to you, access to ideas, to tools, to grounding practices, something that is just going to help calm their own nervous system. Even if the kids aren't even involved, I suppose, like it's... the the mom is the cooks of the the house you know she is the bedrock yeah absolutely I think I mean I would say in in all of this and in the practices that I do it is for me first um the children 100% benefit from that um and they do get involved as I you know as I've talked about but the the practice has to be for me first um, it's like that, you know, when you go on the plane, if, the, you know, the oxygen mask came down, your oxygen mask has got to go on first, because otherwise you can't help anybody else. Um, and yes, it is uh, more and more women are getting diagnosed in, in later life um, that should have been diagnosed before. Um, you know, that that breaks my heart. My husband had a had a late diagnosis. It's not just women, but but men as well. But um but I think particularly a lot of women, a lot of girls, you know, get diagnosed a lot, lot later than boys. Um, and yeah, it's really hard because not only have you got the diagnosis and you've got to get your head around that, but you, then you've got the trauma of why did no one help me before? Um, so you've got, there's a lot to work through. Um, and then if you're also often you're getting this diagnosis because a child has had a diagnosis. So you're also having to manage your highly sensitive child mm-hmm. alongside your own high sensitivity so that is a lot a lot um for women Gosh, to a lot of emotions a lot of overwhelm frustration yeah. stressed and not knowing where to turn so I assume yeah. like not having um a family with the same needs as you um I assume that you know that there aren't great resources out there because like everyone everywhere is so stretched the NHS is so stretched even I believe getting a diagnosis it can take a long time so what's the what is the lay of the land at the moment around that like what are people having to to do yeah it's really difficult I mean a diagnosis can take two years plus um on the NHS so that's you know that's a huge strain because you don't know you haven't got answers you're just waiting um and struggling which is really hard and um, when my children got diagnosed I did go on a course I think it was about 12 six weeks or 12 weeks long something like that um which was kind of a you know this this is autism training 
um, which was very useful. It was also very overwhelming and uh, like a bit scary. Um, but it was, it was something. But then you're sort of left after that. And then you have to decide whether you fight <laughs> for other things that you think your children need. You know, no one's really going to offer you anything without yes, you. it's a battle. Pushing. Yeah, mm. so it's a battle at school. It's a battle um, for any extra stuff outside school. And it's sort of trial and error. You know, I think my child needs this, but I don't know. Can we try? Is that going to help? I don't know. Um, and and also I've realised like you know as my child obviously as any child grows they're going their needs are going to change. Um, so sometimes you're fighting for something and then it arrives and you're like oh yeah that would have been useful last, oh, last year but gosh. we don't need that now we you know so um, it's a lot it's a lot for parents to be managing on top of already having to manage the extra stuff that you're having to manage with your children's needs. You know, they have additional needs, that's without a doubt. So you've got the additional needs plus trying to get the he- additional help. Um, it's very time consuming and exhausting. Um, mm. So, yeah. And so your vision then, um, I suppose it's still in in creative process, is it, in terms of, you know, birthing what this support looks like. So you have a book, you're going to start. Tell us a little bit about the workshop you've planned for September. Yeah, so the workshop I've planned for September will be, that is open to anybody. And then I will be doing um, a specific for mothers of um, highly sensitive children, one, um, a little bit later, possibly October, November time. I'm just waiting for confirmation from uh, <laughs> my plants about that. Um, but yes, it will be uh, meditation, um rituals um some creative time so that um mothers can see how you can have a small amount of creative time for yourself can really help you to to feel grounded to feel calm to feel that you're doing something for you because that's the other thing obviously as a mother any mother gives 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 and if you are a mother of a child with any type of additional need you're giving even more and often you can feel like oh this isn't fair I don't have any time for myself um and so yeah that is um very important for people to be able to find little pockets of time and I have a lot of little pockets of time <laughs> creative practices um, like you're the perfect person to be guiding people through this you know like you've four children um, and a husband on the spectrum on some level you have a dog you have a, a house and a garden that you're looking after you have a vision and you know not a lot of time and um, but you're 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 doing the yeah like you say taking these pockets of time and ritualizing and what I admire within you so much is your intention and your awareness. Like when you do something, it's so considered and you're, it just, there is such intention behind it. You're, you're giving. I feel like you're pouring your heart into everything that you do for yourself and for the family. Yeah. <laughs> that sums it up. Um, one thing I do 
when I feel that's very connected to what you've just said, when I'm feeling, oh, it's not fair, I've got to cook again, or I've got, you know, I've got to do the cleaning, whatever. Once I feel that, you know, thought pattern kick in, then I just take a moment, I just put my hand on my heart, and I just connect to love. And then I just do that with love. And the more I do that, the more I can do that, if that makes sense. So yeah, the more I can cook and cook with love, not just cook with irritation. <laughs> and, you know, when you think about it energetically, when you're putting love into something, you're going to get love back. So even if it is, you know, my example of my washing machine recently, we had to get buy a new one. And instead of being annoyed, we had to pay for a new washing machine. I've been loving putting in clothes into the washing machine. It's a bigger drum. It doesn't smell. It's brand new. And just enjoying the the opportunity and, you know, and, and gratitude that we had the money to buy a new washing machine because, you know, not everyone's able to do that. So, yeah, and I remember you mentioned to us before about um, the dishwasher, you know, like emptying dishwasher, but with gratitude and with love rather than, you know, despair or being pissed off that you're just constantly doing the dishwasher. But there's, there's, a, there's a boundary thing, though, here too, isn't it? Because you're not a doormat. <laughs> so how do you balance that? Yeah, hard. It is hard. And obviously... I'm human, <laughs> so I do get frustrated and I do get upset. Um, and I don't want, I also don't want my children leaving home unable to take care of themselves, you know. So I don't just want to do everything for them um, because I kind of see often how my husband struggles to do household stuff caused by having ADHD not just by being a man (laughs) Um, and I just think ah I can't send my children out into the world with that and we've got to work on this so I'm sort of always trying to juggle the the doing the doing with love the doing without um being a martyr the doing without the frustration um and the preparing and softly enabling them to start doing things if that if that makes sense it's quite a juggle it's something I have to journal on a lot I you know I wouldn't be honest if I just said oh you know I just say I do it all with love and everything <laughs> is wonderful um because although the that helps me um it's not it's not the key it's not the it's not the there has to be other there's other parts to that um your self-awareness gives you the opportunity to stop and acknowledge okay I'm feeling a bit frustrated do I want to do this with and continue with the frustration or do I want to turn that into something else and, and do it with love yeah exactly and and also not only that so I can turn it around pretty quickly you know I don't and that's taken practice, but I don't let myself mm. wallow for too long because it's just rubbish. It's just, it's just, that's taking my energy down, you know, I, my vibration down. I don't want that. I like, don't want to live like that. So I need to fix that for myself and take a moment to bring 
a different intention, a different vibration into the situation. And then also make a note of why am I frustrated? What can we as a family do about that? Can we do anything? If we can't, then how am I going to live with that long term? Or if we can, okay, let's think about how we can start to do something about that. Um, So some things I have to think, okay, that is never going to change. So I have got to work out how I live with that. How can I turn that around for myself? Yeah. Only me, only I can do that. So how am I going to change this up? And then other things I think, no, 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 we can develop a family system and that's going to work. And that's going to help me not be frustrated. So I have to always take time to work out which one it is. You know, which one is that? Am I ever? Am I just going to beat myself against a brick wall forevermore about that particular issue? Mm-hmm. Well, if that is the case, if that just cannot be changed, and that's really to do with, you know, I am neurotypical. I am very sensitive, and but I'm not. I'm not neurodivergent, but I have you know, all these other beings in my house <laughs> who have different brains. And so sometimes I'm like, okay, that, I'm just, I just cannot change that. That's not going to change. But the love outweighs that. So how can I change that for me to manage that part of life better? I guess, I yeah, that's not really giving you an example, but um, I can't think. Of no, it. it makes sense. And for me, I'm hearing you have to accept and surrender on certain things and other things you're like no I I want us all to work on this together yeah exactly exactly so but it's like for it sounds like you have time and space and headspace to think about this stuff you know because for me I'm just like running from one thing to the next and I don't get a lot or I haven't been giving myself enough space to actually think and that's where your mornings come in right because let's go full circle now um you have that space you are having that inner connection you're having that reflection the journaling the looking back on things and that's how this all works that's how this all pulls together yeah exactly that and so if it's the evening and it's all going wrong and I'm so stressed out and like I'm having to keep coming back to love, keep coming back, um, I'm like, this isn't working. So I can just scribble something down on a piece of paper or put a note on my phone. And then the next morning, ta-da, <laughs> no one's here. It's in my space. And then I can think about that and reflect Amazing. on it. Um, or, you know, if there's some time in the day, I might have some time or if I take the dog for a walk and it's just me then I can just look on my phone and go oh yeah I just need to think about that right let's use this dog walk to mull over what we're (laughs) we're going to do about that um that's brilliant yeah yeah really works so for the busy parent the busy mum um how do you start identifying what is the one or two things that you might want to start to do? So where, like, because there's so many things you can do. Yeah, so I I would start, like, with the, the simplest one that I do, that I think is the simplest but the most powerful one, and that's the holding a candle 
in the morning, lighting a candle. And if you can look in a mirror with your candle, then even better. If you can't look in a mirror or you can't do both together, for whatever reason, then choose the candle or the mirror. <laughs> um, but just taking that time to affirm that you love yourself and that might take a long time to come mm-hmm. but to, to not mind if it doesn't feel right or feels weird but just uh, keep doing it everywhere anyway do it anyway heart on hand on heart hand with the candle <laughs> looking in the mirror if possible saying I love you and then following that up with some affirmations that are things you might be struggling with so you might be struggling with you know I'm worthless or whatever it might be. And then you can just say, I'm worthy. And just doing that every single morning, because that's going to take you, like, you. everyone can do that, right? Because you could do it when you clean your teeth. Like, if, mm. you can do it when you go to the toilet. Like, never mind if you can't have the candle. The candle is wonderful because it, you know, does so much for you. <laughs> but if you can't do the candle and you've got little children or whatever's going on, you are going to go to the toilet. You are going to clean your teeth. (laughs) So use that time, you know, clean your teeth and then spend, you know, 20 more seconds if that's all you have. Yeah. Just saying, you know, I love you. I am worthy. Um, That's going to be a massive game changer because if you're doing that every single day, it won't take long before you stand in front of that mirror and go, huh, I think I do. <laughs> I think I do actually believe that what I'm saying. Um, and then you can build on that, you know, because once you start to tick off things, you're like, oh, okay, let's do another one then. Let's, I'm, I know I'm worthy now. So, you know, I'm calm. Um, I'll work on that one. And it's going to check it. I promise, like, I absolutely promise if you do this every day, you will start to become the person that you are saying you are first thing in the morning and you will start to love yourself and then if you love yourself all the other things (laughs) um first of all you will prioritize the time you will work out how to find that time because you love yourself and you're worthy of it if you don't love yourself then everyone else will come above you and then you will be squashed (laughs) And then you won't have any time. So I think that that is the most important thing. That's just the one. It's the key, isn't it? It's unlocking the door to potential, to opportunity, to expansion, to joy, to more love. Like the more love you give, the more you receive. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's actually something I meant to say when you said about me being intentional and, you know, doing everything with love is that my children tell me they love me all day long so I I don't go a day where one of them doesn't say I love you you're the best mummy in the world um even on a bad day and my children are quite old now (laughs) um and I still get that back you know I still get that without a doubt every single day and I've had that I can't remember when well I've had that for so long now um and I, and I truly believe it's because that's what I'm putting out. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm intentionally putting out. I mean, obviously, all mothers love their children. Absolutely, 100%. I'm not saying. But no. I think if you're also just, you know, they can feel it when they come home. They can feel that that has been put into the 
into the energy of the home. So, Oh, Emily, I love it. Thank you. Um, I can't wait to come on one of your workshops. Is, is the one in September in person? Yes, yes, I will be doing online. I just need to, um, I, <laughs> in the past, I've had lots of ideas and made lots of things happen. And I've, um, once I've had an idea, I've been like, right, come on, let's do it. Let's make everything happen. Go, 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 go. And it's worked and I have no regrets as to having worked like that in the past. But this time I'm just making myself uh, slow down a bit and really, really listen in to what I should be doing um, so that it comes with even more intention. So basically the same, I guess the same level of attention and intention that I've given myself over the last few years, I want to give to my work. So I'm having to like, just go no wait a minute <laughs> just come back come back we just need to just sit with this for a bit longer um which feels very exciting because I feel that therefore it's going to be my best work yet yeah absolutely I mean the world is ready Emily <laughs> the world is ready for the gifts you are going to bring and are bringing to the world so thank you thank, thank you for you. this ritual chat Thank you, Sarah. It's been an absolute joy and an honour. Oh, thank you. Well, best of luck for the future. And I can't wait to see how it all manifests. I know you are going to put something out amazing into the world. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed this chat and have had a few light bulb moments. Have a think about what your key takeaways are. Please do subscribe, follow or leave a rating or a view to help this podcast reach more people. I really, really appreciate it. Don't forget to check out my website to take my quiz and start ramping up your self-care practices. www.tappingformums.com.